we all have relationships. And, uh, but specifically this morning, we're going to talk about, we're going to have a conversation about marriage. And uh, my wife, Tess, uh, we've been married for a little over a year. And so we're going to share all of our wisdom um, that we have um, because we are so experienced. We are so seasoned. And uh, we just have so much that we're ready to give to you guys. Not really. That's why we have so many empty chairs because we have people who've been, who've been in it for a long time. And, uh, and so I get the pleasure of welcoming uh, our lead elders in Brooklyn, Don and Donna McLean. If you could welcome them. And then our equip director, Josue, and his wife, Patty, are going to come up here and join us as well. And uh, we also have Andy on the panel with us as well. And, uh, and so Josue and Patty, who are making their way up, they've been married 19 years in October. Um, and what I loved about their story is that they met at a Bible study that Josue was leading that happened in the house that Patty was living in. And what Patty had shared with me was that she didn't actually go to the Bible study. It just happened in her house. So she one day decided to go and figure out what they were talking about. And that's where they met. And then she said that they didn't go on like an actual date, like out on a date until they were engaged. Host, wait, you got, how did you do that? I mean, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty remarkable. How, how, how does that work? It was a miracle. <laughs> we, we actually started off just being friends and we would hang out a lot and we would hang out in groups. So we were never really officially dating oh. until I woke up and said, what the heck am I doing? I need to propose to this woman. Wow. Oh, okay. Wow. I like and then we got Donna and Donna, who have been married for 13 years. They met at church in Glasgow, Scotland. <laughs> I had to make sure I got that right, because I, there was one Sunday where I said they were from Ireland. And <laughs> they shut me down real quick. And... Um, but they've moved countries four different times. Um, and the latest is uh, from Australia to New York. And uh, if you guys don't know, today is, or this weekend was Father's Day in Australia. And so can we wish Don a happy Father's Day in Australia? Also, um, I want to take a moment to honor Greg Andrew, who is really like a father of our church on this Father's Day weekend in Australia as well, because that's they're home, and so we just want to honor you. Um, what was interesting is I, I, asked, uh, I asked them briefly to share kind of how they met, and <laughs> they said that Don listened to Alejandro Sanz. Does anybody know who that is? Okay. And then the other thing was, yeah, so he listened to Alejandro Sanz, and he smelled really good all the time. And if you have not hugged, if you've not hugged Don, he does smell really good all the time. Um, but no, we, we, we love this family so much. And um, if you don't know, uh, Don did not write American Pie. And uh, Donna is actually a bird geek. I don't even know what that is, but the only bird I know is pigeons. So, um, but they're going to share a little bit of their wisdom and, and their journey uh, with us this morning. And, uh, and we're just super excited and grateful that you guys are, are here with us. Um, because, like I said, Tess and I have so much wisdom to share. Um, but we figured we would um, divert to you guys. Um, but the first thing is, is I think sometimes uh, our, our culture, you know, sometimes plays, 
plays up marriage to be this terrifying thing. And um, I know that when Tess and I got engaged, um, the people that we had around us, we loved them, loved them dearly, but they were making marriage like this daunting task, which it is. There is work, but it almost took the fun out of our engagement and the, the journey that we were on. Um, and so I, I want to start off with the fun stuff. Um, what is what is the most like the, the most fun thing about marriage to you guys? Um, Donna, you want to speak to that? <laughs> this is so much heavier. Wow. I, for me, it was just, I mean, I'm always in my head, you know, I'm like a bit of a feeler. We're quite similar. And it's a lot, you know, especially yeah. when I came to New York, I was like, oh my gosh, wow, <laughs> all the feelings. Um, so he just makes me laugh all the time. And it's such a good job because we yeah. wouldn't be married if he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but like, he literally just makes me laugh all yeah. the time. And it's like one of the things I, I value yeah. the most in my marriage because, I mean, if you can't laugh, you know, if you can't laugh, you know, you know, when we had our daughter, I had like an emergency C-section. I was a mess and there was just stuff everywhere. We were just sitting looking at each other and he made a joke and I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I just, <laughs> it hurts. I, we got, I just got to <laughs> laugh right now because you got nothing else. You're just yeah. like, so that was for me. That's good. Who else you? I think for me, I, um, I honestly wake up next to my best friend every day. So I think the thing that I have loved is that he, whether I'm feeling like romantic feelings or not <laughs> on that day or if his breath smells bad or mine does, like I, do you, I mean, I am with my best friend and I think that is the, so we laugh a lot. We are dorks together and we're so uncool, but you know, <laughs> I just love being with my best friend. Simple, but I love that about marriage. Uh, yeah, well, I said that I like that uh, <clears throat> marriage is not a one-size-fits-all, no. that each one doesn't look alike and it shouldn't look alike. Yeah, it's true. So I had a lot of different examples of marriage, and I didn't want to be any of them. <laughs> and we are not them. Yeah. We're, we're nothing like them. We've created our own yeah. marriage. I yeah. believe that... Let me not get too crazy here, but I believe that the man is the, is the head of the household, but, I, but I, in context, yeah. I don't throw out garbage. She throws out garbage. I, don't, I do dishes. She doesn't do dishes. And I'm like, who cares? You know, yeah. you're, nobody else is doing it, so this is the way we do it. This is the way we roll, and I like the way our marriage looks. Um, on the opposite side, obviously, we know that like marriage is not this fairy tale that we see in the movies, but... You know, there are challenging things along the way that we all have to work through. So what would you guys say that the most uh, challenging part of marriage is? Well, well, for me, in the beginning, uh, when we first got married, the first part was losing, I felt like I was losing my identity. Uh, I was, Josh was already established in the Christian community. I was just like three years um, a Christian. And so when I came in, it was it was starting over, yeah. you know, and it was you know Josh. I was I was Josh's wife, mm-hmm. and it took me a while because that was so disturbing. Because I did I was very independent before, you know. Well, not before I still kind of am, but <laughs> we do things together still. Uh, but it was it was definitely different. And as I started reading scripture, I had to go into scripture and find out who I was or who God was saying I was in him. And as I did that more, I became more comfortable um, in that, knowing who God or Christ called me to be. 
And at that time, now it's like, okay, you know, just, you know, Josh's wife, Patty. So that's kind of cool. So, but I know who I am. I have my identity in Christ now. So, and we all have different functions. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's, uh, that's a challenge. Anybody else want to speak yeah, to that? Um, I think for me, I, I, we were quite independent as well. I was a bit younger when I got married. He was a bit older. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's not here to defend himself. Um, but I think for me, I realized actually how selfish I was and independent I was. And so when you become one with someone, <laughs> it says the two become one, and it's like this beautiful picture of the image of God and a refining process. I think for me, I was surprised at how refining marriage was yeah. and how selfish I was and how angry I was and how I wanted things my way and how I'll, I'll talk to this a little bit later if there's time, but how you know marriage truly is a picture of Christ in the church and us following Jesus. And what does that mean? It means Jesus laid down his life and we laid down our life yeah. to follow him. So it's constantly laying down your life. And you're like, guess what? That's hard. But that's beautiful as well because it transforms us and it's amazing. So amazing and hard all at the same time. I mean, I definitely agree with the being selfish. I think that that's probably the biggest challenge that you realize that, no, I'm, I'm not anymore. I'm pretty perfect. Um, thank you, Jesus. For, uh, but I think the challenge that I had, I think, when we got married is... Um, it's probably living up to false image of what marriage yeah. looks like. So I think that you look at, you know, mature marriages, you look at people who have been married like 20, 30 years, yeah. and they have like a, a rhythm about their marriage, so they know how each other works. They've kind of gone through the journey of understanding, you know, different patterns, different ways of thinking. You know, they understand what each other wants and they prioritize that. And I think when you're just getting married, so we met in, I think, in April, and the next April we got married. So we met, dated, and it was within a year. Yeah, and so it's so you're going through a journey of discovery, which is kind of exciting. But again, the challenge is that you are in comparison to people that are further along the journey than you. And then also that I think just being a boy and a girl, like you have different yeah. ways of thinking, yeah. Yeah. and it's valid. So I think I don't know. I think it was Holly Wagner who came to Hillsong. I think it was her or someone any, from the U.S. Some lady from the U.S. I think there's a couple of them here. Um, she came to Australia, and what she said is that, you know, like, if you're a girl, don't expect your husband to be your... No, no, other way around. If you're a boy, don't expect your wife to be your buddy. She probably doesn't like beer. She probably doesn't laugh when you fart. <laughs> but I think that... But vice versa, like, if you, you know, when women to your husband, sure, you have to mold and, you know, sort of mature into what it means to be a good godly husband and be a good sort of partner for life sharing in the journey together, but you also need to realize that you don't have to be the perfect everything for that one person. And I think that that was the, the challenge that I had was like, you know, it's actually okay to want to hang out with the guys, not not prioritizing them more than, than my wife, but I think that's okay to, to realize that, you know, you aren't necessarily being selfish there, you're just fulfilling a need that, that God has put in your, in your life and the way your DNA is structured, so. Well. Yeah, I suppose it's, it, one of the things that I think that you forget is that perspective is this amazing thing. And as much as I said, like, the best thing is that he makes me laugh all the time, it's also like, okay, this is not time for a joke. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So Andy's like, oh, I, yeah. I wake up next to my best friend every day. And you're like, I also wake up to my best friend every, every day. day. <laughs> and so it's always, yeah. regardless of how long you've been married, it's always remembering that you actually love that. You yeah. love that. Yeah. Like yeah. perspective, I love this, I love this. Yeah. 
it's really challenging. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think uh, one of the things that was a, a challenge, like we dealt with Tess being an extremely independent person as well. And, um, Guilty. Um, and to the point where we would go out on dates and I would try to open the car door for her and she would say, I don't need you to open the door for me. It wasn't always that and, rude. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. But I think one of the things that was like a challenge for us was just like practically like being in the same space with somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially in New York, like our first apartment was a closet and, um, and so we didn't have that much space. Um, but it, it took some time to get used to that, and, um, and it's like an actual challenge. Like, I, I remember, like, the first couple of uh, weeks and months, we couldn't even sleep in the same bed um, because I, I'm a really light sleeper, and one little movement, and I was up, and so I lit, there were nights where I literally would go and sleep on the couch just because I needed to sleep. Uh, but it, it was a surprising, like, challenge for us, but I think, too, the, the other side of it is, um, I think that we come into marriage with all these expectations, and some of them, um, some of them based on what we've seen, some of them based on our culture, some of them based on our society. And I think the um, the thing that we had to get through very quickly was that this is going to be different. It's not going to look how that person's marriage look. It's not going to even look like our parents and their marriage, and that's okay. And yeah. we had to get to the point where we were okay with that. Mm -hmm. um, um, as you guys know, Tess and I, we have a wonderful little dog uh, named Jack, who is amazing. Um, he is all we got right now. And, um, but um, I know, Andy, you and Paul have four kids who are amazing kids. And then Don and Donna, you have one of my favorite humans in Rowan, um, who has so much personality. Um, but I think one of the things that we know happens from just our friends, our close friends having kids, is that it does change the dynamic of marriage, and so if you guys could speak into how having children did change and has changed the dynamic of your marriage, um, and what maybe what challenges that also presents yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you want me to go? You go first. I'll start. So, um, I mean, there's the natural loss of margin, obviously. So that is, if you're if you if you don't think you're going to lose some margin, I mean, we're all excited. Then you have that baby, you're like. <laughs> And you're trying to figure out life again. So I think intentionality comes back in. Um, maybe you have been super intentional in your dating and your marriage and all of those things. But when you have a baby, you have to be intentional again about, you know, just being together. And, I mean, we know when we are not being intentional is when we're fighting about stupid things. I'm like, why are we fighting about this? He's like, I don't know. We should stop, though. I'm like, I know. <laughs> We should go on a date, too. Like, you know what I mean? We, we need to be together. I think there's just that natural loss of margin. And so you just have to be aware that's going to happen. I just have a couple quick bullet points because I really want these guys to talk about it, too. I think for me, I was personally surprised. You know, I was saying how I, I've said this statement before that when you get married, you realize how selfish you are. When you have children, you realize how angry you are. And so... <laughs> Um, and right? I'm like, I am an angry person. And so I think what children do is actually refine you. So marriage, marriage refines you in this, in this beautiful way if you let it. It can also destroy you if you let it. So you have to realize, once again, it's a picture and image of the church. But when you have children, they can refine you again. My children have caused me to want to become a better person all the time. And when I explode or get angry, I'm like, man, God, what's going on in my heart? Like, I need to be transformed. So it's beautiful 
all at the same time. And I think the biggest thing, um, and I'm just going to speak to this as a mama, is that they're not a distraction from your life. They are called to be a part of your life. And what I watch mainly in the church, well, not even just in the church, in general, is that when people have babies, like, they disappear off the planet. And I'm like, I'm sorry, did they're called to life with you. Like, just strap them on, bring them on, drag them along, whatever that looks like for you. And I'll tell you what, even, like, I, and I have four children that are very diverse. Some are like, I hate church today. I'm like, fantastic. <laughs> Others that are like, this is my favorite place. And I'm, like, dealing with all of their emotions while I'm ready to come up here and be okay with you. And so I'm just saying, like bring them on the journey do not like let them be a distraction from life they are a part of your life and it gets messy and it's crazy and you're gonna have to like mess even more than you well you probably hate it but it's gonna deal with your control issues too so she has control issues um so what was the question again something about kids so how, how did having kids change the dynamic okay yeah so, I mean, I think it obviously, um, I think you have to be more purposeful in the way that you spend time together. So kind of what Andy was saying about, you know, creating time for yourself because it will not happen organically. You have to carve out time. You have to make sure there's time as well. And obviously, I think the dynamic between, you know, our relationship and our relationship with Rowan is obviously very different. But, you know, Rowan is, this is a decision that we've made. This is a decision that we've made to be a couple and create covenant together, but then you bring a child into the world. Mm. And it's kind of like, you know, people have said that you, when you have a child, it's like you're having your heart outside your body. It's like yeah. this little embodiment of, yeah. you know, everything that's pure and good. And mm. I mean, this is, I'm telling you the good parts. <laughs> um, but, it's, but it's this little being that you just can't, sometimes even put into words, but the way that God has created your relationship with them is, is, is pretty special and it, and it is a special bond. And I think that, you know, that's, again, been another challenge because, you know, when I think, you know, when Rowan sort of was growing up, I mean, I was always a very, I think, a pretty engaged father with her. And, you know, and I, and I realized that sometimes I was favoring her over Donna, which isn't the right thing to do. But sometimes you just think they're so innocent and so, yeah. and then they become 10 and they're girls. And, um, He's yeah, and then, you know, you're the one that's left out and they hang out together. <laughs> I mean, can we talk about that for a minute? Um, no, but I just think that, you know, it's a different dynamic, different relationship. And again, it's just being purposeful yeah, in, our, in our connections. Yeah. That's really good. Do you want to talk? Is anyone? Oh, he just has his kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, for me, it was like, jeez, oh, it's like such a big question, you know. I suppose uh, to put it into words, it would be like you've got to really dig deeper, like, yeah dig deeper than you've ever dug before. So you're digging deeper, firstly, because you get married, like Andy said, and then you get kids and you're like, wow. And that one day, I remember I had like these like seven cards on, on the shelf at my house and everyone's like writing me cards for saying thank you for stuff I'd done. And I was like, oh, look at me and my cards, it's awesome. And then Dawn's like, I, I, that's nice, Donna, but I don't know who she is. I don't see her. I, I mean, he's like, I don't see that woman. And I'm like, oh. Wow. And I was like in my head, how dare he? He should know better. He's a Christian. I give. Like seriously, I just give. And then I realized, I realized I save some of myself for Rowan, you know, and then I give to the church. And then I'm like, yeah, you can suck it up. And, wow. you know, it was really challenging. And hmm. defensiveness in a marriage with children, if you're defensive, wow, it's true. useless. It's completely yeah. useless. You know, and as much as he needed to have grace for me to learn to prioritize him, you know, 
I needed to under hear that. I needed to hear that, you know, yeah. he was the last on my list. And mm -hmm. and it just sort of sometimes can happen without you yeah. realizing, you know, but, yeah. you know, yeah. Can I say one last yeah. quick, yeah. really quick, because I know I'm watching the clock. So um, the last thing is, too, is you do come from two different parenting styles, right? So uh, once again, when in marriage, you realize two different families. But then when you start to parent, you're like, oh, we're, we're clashing here. You have to come into agreement once again, kind of like how you were saying, I saw lots of marriages, but this is how we do marriage. I saw lots of parenting, but this is how we do parenting. Yeah. And so just coming into agreement with that once again. Otherwise, when you start parenting your kids differently, your kids know. Oh, they're good. They will find the gap. They will test the gap. They will destroy you. So you have to come together. Oh, man, that's good. Well, uh, one thing JR was talking about earlier is <laughs> thriving in community. And um, that's something that's really important to us at Liberty. But uh, Donna, do you just want to speak a little bit to how community has played a role in you guys' marriage and family? Donna or Donna? Donna or either. Do you want to do it together? Well, I mean, it's, it's really been everything to us. We have traveled abroad a lot, so we've had tons of family, uh, no family, sorry, where we are, we've had tons of community, tons of church family. It's been a massive priority. We move to a country, first thing we do is look for a church. We look for a house, we look for a church, because we can't function without that. So they've really been everything to us. Like, when we had our 10-year anniversary, I always get a bit, like, miffed at these people that post these like 10-year videos of like all of them and you know, all the honeymoon miss all the pictures and I'm like I'm posting all the people that helped me like literally yeah. I just posted oh, one person after the uh, next after the next I'm like because we wouldn't be married if it wasn't for those people like we just yeah. wouldn't be so like yeah. for us community you know you surround yourself with people that are pro your husband and pro your wife you know so yeah. when you're like he's doing my head in I hate him like, I literally remember went through one season where I was like, he is the most consistently consistent person I have ever met. <laughs> if, if he doesn't just spontaneously do something, I'm going to die. And my friend looked at me and she goes, I would saw my arm off for that. Yeah. She said, my husband's, she said, my husband's bipolar and, and, and just does whatever he wants. And I went, I apologize. My husband's wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> I'll let you guys speak to it. Yeah, you guys go ahead. Oh, yeah. Take this one? Yeah. He has notes for me because I could go on. So, <laughs> so I have to keep, you know, very focused here. Okay, so, yeah. Okay, there we go. No, we, we, were, we were part of a, when we got married, um, we moved to a new church. And the new church, uh, it was really because we did community with the pastors there. And what happened was, because I was, I, I, had, I had no context. I was a new Christian. I had never seen a good marriage. And I, tell, I didn't know what a good marriage or a Christian marriage was supposed to look like. So my prayer was, you brought me in here. You teach me because yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I said yes, and that's about it. <laughs> so so I, I, I felt like the hand of God just taking us to this church where it was a small church, but I think it's what we needed, where we were able to sit down with the community, with the pastors there. And... I just saw them, I observed them, because it wasn't that I was asking questions, how did you do this, how did you do that, how do you, you know, um, if there's a problem, I just saw how they interacted with one another, and how they behaved when they were in crisis, or something happened within their family, something great, and how they just related to each other, and that is just what I started learning by observing, and just seeing how the love of Christ was just in their everyday life. 
and 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 that's I think that's what I start saying. I want that, so that's what it looks like. And and just going through scripture, and reading and seeing this is this is this is good. This yeah. is what marriage is supposed to be. So I God kept us there for about five six years something, just learning from them. And they were just uh, you know great. And I think one of the benefits is if you're newlywed, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> connect with a couple that's been there. Mm. You know, connect because I think that's that's really important. Um, just connect with someone that you see that you that you do find something that you want to get from them. You know, mm. as far as you know, the, how they do church, how they love, how they how they function, um, and then you know, at this point, you know, ask questions. <laughs> but. That's a really good point, too. We, um, JR and I, have been leading a community group for, like, young married couples is sort of what ended up being. And it's been such a blessing to us to walk with people who are maybe a little bit ahead, maybe a little behind where we're at, but mostly kind of all walking through the mm -hmm. same thing. Yeah. Because it's helpful to be like, oh, you're dealing with that, too. Like, it's not mm -hmm. just us. Or, mm -hmm. um, you know, this is a blessing in your life. Let's try that out. Or you're struggling with this, too. And that's okay. And we can laugh and joke about the yeah. different things that we do. But then also have serious moments of, like, oh, this is normal. Let's pray through this. Let's encourage each other. Um, so I'd say community has been yeah. huge for us as well. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I'm looking at the clock as well. We still got two hours left. And um, <laughs> totally kidding. Totally kidding. You guys know my stomach would not allow that. And um, but I'm actually going to take a question that's off my wife's card because uh, I, I really want to get get to it. Um, and because uh, I know that not everyone in this room is married, and uh, but I, you know, being married now for so long, um, there are things that like I wish people would have told me when I was single um, about marriage. And um, and so w the question that is is like, w what's one piece of advice that you wish uh, someone would have given to you while you were single about marriage? Yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wrote down that I wish they didn't give me advice. Wow. Because I had a similar situation to you guys. Uh, I've been going to church all my life. I didn't confront Christ, or he didn't confront me till I was 17. But I've been in church situations all my life. So we have people talking about marriage in theory. You know, the Bible says this about that, about marriage. The Bible says that about marriage. But then when you would talk to them personally, they would be like, stay single as long as you can. <laughs> it's like, when you get married, it's all over. It all changes. To me, it was like, life was over when you got married. And that's the way they made it seem. So then you had the, the public persona that was, and the Bible says, thou shalt be this, this, and that. And then you had the private like, oh my goodness, don't do it. And I, I was really disheartened by that. You know, so I, I'm, I'm reading scripture. It's telling me one thing and I'm listening to people. And I know part of it they, they meant as a joke. You know, the old ball and chain and all of this other stuff. But it was like, what is this? Yeah. So... Uh, I think people forget that no matter where you are, your life is a challenge. Yes. Because when I was single, yes. my life was challenging. Yes. It was, it was, for me, it was tough. Yeah. So I wanted to be married. The married people wanted to be single. And it's like, instead of just saying, you know what, I am in this place, 
Christ has me in this place. He is with me. I can find joy in this place. And I can find satisfaction in him. So maybe I shouldn't talk to them or, you know, advise them what state they should be in. And, and one last thing is I think that I compensated and I became for other people what I wanted them to be for me. And I was in Florida uh, ministering to this church. And this young guy told me, well, he was about to get married. Now, he was the son of a pastor, and all of his uncles were pastors. So I took him aside, and I said to him, I had been married a couple of years. I said, you know what? I just want to say this one thing to you. Marriage is good. And he looked me straight in the face, and he said, you're the first person that's ever said that to me. And that hurt me. It did. It hurt me that even believers were not reinforcing what God had established as a good thing. He that finds a wife finds a good thing, the proverb says. So, you know, I want to reinforce that. I don't want to you know, make light of the challenges and that it's tough. But guess what? Life is tough all over the place and for everybody. But marriage is a good thing. And, uh, yeah, uh, wow. Um, but I think um, one of the things that, Tess and I have had to learn, and, you know, her parents have been great at reinforcing it, and, and my parents likewise, um, is that they've always, they always told us that um, even though we're married and we're one now, it doesn't change that Christ is still the most important thing in my life yeah. and in her life. And, um, and, and, you know, in any relationship, whether it's a friendship or it's your family, um, the, the depth to which your relationship with Christ is, is ultimately the depth to which you're going to be able to function yeah. in a healthy relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so we, we firmly believe that the starting place for, for, for having healthy relationships is your relationship and your faith in Jesus yeah. and where that is and how that relationship yeah. is. And, um, and so what, the last thing um, that I would love to hear from you guys is what role has your faith or your relationship mm-hmm. with Christ played in your marriage? Do you want me to go? I mean, I think, as Donna said earlier, I think without, you know, our community and without our relationship with God, I think it would be easy to walk away from a marriage. I think it would be easy to take a challenging situation, particularly because, you know, we've moved internationally four times. And so with that, there's obviously an element of stress and an element of risk. And and sometimes you become insular. And I think that what what our relationship with God has has made us realize that we have a covenant with God and we actually have a covenant with each other. So once you have that, then I think you you kind of like you're centered to a different thing. You're centered beyond something beyond your emotion, beyond your situation or your circumstance. Um, But just I actually wanted to kind of make a point as well to the last question, because I feel like one of the things that we don't tell people about. So when we talk about our relationship with God, we talk about discipleship which is, and Tess, you kind of talked about this a second ago, so it's when you've got people who are the same level as you, so it's peer mm-hmm. discipleship, you've got people who are further ahead of you, mm-hmm. and that's where you're trying to get to, they've been where you haven't been, and there's people behind you. And it's actually the same in marriage as well. So my advice to newly married people is that once you get married, your journey isn't over. Your journey's just wow. beginning. So, so the way that you navigate that is by... What is it they say that any old fool can learn from experience, but a wise man learns from instruction? And I'm like, well have people around you that yeah. have been where you're, where you're going to yeah. and listen to them and, and get advice from them and actually have fun in the journey. Donna always says that you know, like, if you're married and if you, it's 2 o'clock in the morning you want to go and get ice cream, 
go and do it. Because when you've got kids, Amen. you're not going anywhere. You're changing diapers. Um, yeah, exactly. You're never leaving the house ever. Um, well, I'm looking forward to that day. But I think that that's, that's sorry, I know, I know I kind of digressed away from the relationship, but I think that that's super important, that we have a covenant with each other and with God, and that's fundamentally a different compass than just your feelings, your emotion, your circumstance, your appetite for risk. I mean, I think this is a different way of living your life. Um, I did want to speak to a second um, about Ephesians 5, because Ephesians 5 is one that makes people mad, especially women. They're like, oh, not me. We, are, we won't put it up just yet, um, guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, and the reason why I want to speak to it is because it's the whole, in whatever translation you're reading, wives, submit to your husbands. They're like, oh, no, we're not reading that at our wedding. So I, um, I wanted to speak to Ephesians 5 for a moment in the context of the fullness of Ephesians 5, because at the very beginning, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. I'll tell you when to put it up, guys. But at the very beginning, the first part of it says, follow God's leadership in all that you do. Represent your father as beloved sons and daughters, right? So then it goes through this list. The whole of Ephesians 5 is talking about, hey, you're a representative of God, your father and his love, Christ, the son on earth in everything that you do. It finishes talking about marriage, but it hits everything in sexual immorality and speech and lust and greed, obscenities, worthless insults, non, nonsensical words. It tells us, it says, arise, O sleeper, spend your life on his purpose. Be careful how you live, live honorably, Take full advantage of every day. Spend your life for his purpose. Walk with discernment. Don't get drunk. It goes through this list, right, of how we honor God with our lives, and then it jumps into marriage. And then it talks about how marriage is this mystery. So let me just read this to you because I actually love this scripture, and I love how my husband, because I would say that too, my, my husband leads our household, but I'll tell you how he does it, and I want him to, to be honest. And so some of you are already like, I'm, you want to get up and walk out, but let me just read this. Because I'm a strong woman, and if you, if you know my poor husband. No, I'm just kidding. So verse, tw- verse 21, starting um, Ephesians 5, 21, and this is the passion. And you um, honor Christ by yielding to one another. Hello, do you hear that? This is what marriage is about. We yield to each other. It's like, no, let me prefer you. No, I prefer you. It's preferring each other, yielding to one another. Be tenderly devoted to each other in love. For wives, this means being tenderly devoted to your husbands or submitted to your husbands. See, we don't like that word, but it's a tender devotion to him. That's what it means. Like, um, you are tenderly devoted to the Lord. Once again, we're representing Christ in the church, you guys. When people look at our marriages, we want them to see God. We want them to see the church. We want them to see Christ and the bride. So we're tenderly devoted to our husbands. Tenderly devoted to the Lord. For the husband provides leadership for his wife, just as Christ provides leadership for his church, as the Savior and reviver of the body. In the same way the church is devoted to Christ, let wives be devoted to their husbands in everything. Okay, do you get that? That's beautiful. It says, and to the husbands, you are to demonstrate love for your wives with the same tender devotion that Christ demonstrated to us, his bride. For he died for us, sacrificing himself. See, why do we get mad when we're supposed to be tenderly devoted to our husbands and they're supposed to die for us? We're like, oh, I will not submit. He's like, well, he's supposed to die. So that's a little bit more. Um, (laughs) And so I don't really understand why we get so frustrated about the... This is beautiful because we are representing God and we are tenderly submitting and loving each other and his love for us. Oh my gosh, the way my husband dies for me on a daily basis so that I can flourish and run. 
Do you guys see that? I have a husband who's not holding me back, who's not like, shh, woman. He is like, go ahead, go be, she is free. Like, you know, that is, and he runs with me. He's there with me. He worships alongside me. He dies for me on a daily basis. We'll get to the very end. I think we're going to have to go to the very end of this scripture just for the sake of time. But it says, for this reason, verse 31, or actually I want to go to 28. Husbands have the obligation of loving and caring for their wives in the same way they love and care for their own bodies. For to love your wife is to love your own self. No one abuses his own body but pampers it, serving and satisfying its needs. That's exactly what Christ, our example, does for his church. He serves and satisfies us as members of his body, his flesh and bones. For this reason, a man is to leave his father and his mother and lovingly hold to his wife, since the two have become joined as one flesh, a representation of our God. When we come together, we are one. We represent the image of God. Marriage is the beautiful design of the Almighty, a great and sacred mystery, to be a vivid example of Christ and his church. (sighs) So you guys, can I say just one thing, and I don't know if anyone else wanted to add on to this. We're sometimes scared out of our mind, maybe because of the examples that we see, right, in marriage, and so we don't jump. We're never really 100% sure. I was not 100% sure, oh, Paul's the perfect one. I was like, you know what, God, (laughs) he said that about me, though. (laughs) Um, All I know is that every day that I'm married to this man, I, rem- I am reminded of what it is to lay down my life and follow Jesus, and same for him. And it is an example to our world when we thrive in our marriages and we jump even though we're scared out of our mind because maybe we don't have an example or never did or we've been divorced or widowed and we don't know what to do. Just trust God and step in. So I don't know, did I, is that, what time is it really? <laughs> did you have something you wanted to say on that? What, yeah, I just wanted to add uh, the same verse, husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Yeah. Uh, so if you don't like sacrifice, you're going to hate marriage. <laughs> if you don't, I would never work for someone who treated me rotten. You know, I'd get, and I would never work for anybody who abused me. I'd get up and I'd walk out. I'd say, dude... Or a woman, you know, you may be used to talking to other people like that, yeah. but that ain't working with me. I'm leaving. Yeah. So leadership is not about throwing your authority around. Leadership is not about I'm the boss, I'm the head. Leadership is about how can I make your life better? It's servant leadership that the Bible is talking about when it talks about husbands. So it, it, we all talked about being or recognizing that we're selfish. Uh, that, was, that was something I learned too that she was very much different from me and that she didn't want the same things I wanted. And compromise is our fun word at home, you know, <laughs> because you have to get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for, for guys, you are called to be a servant leader, to make someone else's life better. And that's something that you got to get used to. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is there time? Okay, 30 seconds. Got 30 seconds. Okay, it's funny because that same verse is a verse when I was praying to God, uh, and and uh, he showed me this. It's like, well, okay, if you find me a husband that's like that, I will get married. Because I was really against marriage. I never, I, I didn't grow up saying, I want to get married. That was never in the back of my head. Um, you know, that was like the last thing. And when I came to Christ, it's like, if you find me someone that is like this, you know, as you're describing, 
then this is, but you, I was, I, I was telling God, this is you. You find me that person and we'll do this. <laughs> but that's trusting God. You just have to look at scripture and know that uh, that was, I knew that something, if God found this person for me, that this person was going to sacrifice themselves for me and vice versa. It was just, an, it was, it's not a one-way street. It's both ways. So I think we've done that. And he's touching my knee because he's telling me, stop. All right. <laughs> I'll go back to him. We just get a round of applause for our. Yeah, can we thank them? Thank you for listening to the Liberty Church podcast. If you are in New York City or will be visiting the New York area soon, please be our guest on Sunday. For service times and locations, please visit libertychurchnyc.com.